0: Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Business Excellence Podcast. My name is Rail Bricker coming to you from Perth, Western Australia. And with me, as usual, my co-host from Brisbane, Australia, Lindsay Adams. Hello and welcome. For a value added extra, excellencepodcast.com has heaps of free resources for you to download. That is excellencepodcast.com.
1: And today, our guest is Barry Moniak. Now, Barry is based in Salt Lake City in the US of A, and he's an advisory consultant on fearless leadership. Welcome, Barry. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here.
2: And likewise, it's a pleasure to be with you, gentlemen.
1: So, Barry, fearless leadership. Um, you know, I've been, uh, I've been in some really interesting situations in my career where I'm scared witless. So... Mm-hmm. How, you know, is this fear thing, like, for, is it real or imagined? Like, uh, you know, I, I think it was real for me, but uh, sometimes people go, oh, you you know, get a grip of yourself, get on with it.
2: Well, what's your spin on that? The, the truth of it, Lindsay, fear is to the human being what gravity is to the planet. It is a force. It is very, very real. The issue is... Is it something that we really need to be afraid of or are we imagining something that's making us fearful? That's the part where we can start to get involved. Is it real or is it imagined?
1: Yeah, I think um, I know, like, I've put things off because, ah, I'm afraid to do that. And when I finally get
2: around to it, it's like, oh, it wasn't so hard after all, I guess. Right, right. Yes.
1: Um fear I'm is gonna... a
2: powerful motivator, and, and we don't always like to think of it in that way. But a classic example, it's Valentine's Day. Do I get my loved one flowers because it makes me feel so good to do that? Or because if I don't, I'm gonna be in the doghouse. <laughs> There's my <laughs> motivating factor, right? <laughs> so when you look at how many choices and decisions we have to make, especially in business. How often fear is a motivating factor? If I don't do it, we could lose something.
0: So yeah. Barry, I mean, I was reading your your bio, and you know, <clears throat> something struck me about that, and and it was about your experience on the ski slope, and and twenty four seasons later, since that incident, you're you're a, you're a ski instructor, and you work with people on the mountain. But having, having lived in a non-snow area my whole life and literally been to North America to ski, and I, I have two very distinct memories of skiing. I mean, the fact is that I had no fear, so to speak, and within three days of learning to ski, I looked at a black slope and went, let's go down that black slope. And then I had quite a tumble, and that incident made me very fearful. And the next time I went down a black slope, I was halfway down the slope, and bizarre as it might sound, I slipped and I, I fell, and I froze, not because of the weather, because it took me about half an hour of sitting there trying to convince myself that I could get down this mountain. So so how does that work for us to embrace our fears? Because it, I know the, the process of thought that I went through, sitting on the side of that mountain, and it was pretty cold, it was in... in uh, outside outside Calgary at Sunshine Village, which gets pretty chilly. And I sat there and I just had to actually work through all these steps of what I was going to do to stand up. Right. How, right. how do you work with people to embrace the fear?
2: Well, it comes down to a three-step process. And the first one is facing the fear. Just to take a good, hard, honest look at it and ascertain, is it real? Or is it imagined? If it's real, if I'm about to step off a cliff to my imminent death and my body, you know, is is just struck with fear and jinx me back, I should look at that and say, thank you for saving my butt. That was a good thing. If I'm looking at it by, oh, I should make this call, but I don't know, or I should do this thing but I don't know, it's like, okay, well, can we get honest? is there something really to be afraid of or am i manufacturing the fear because the problem is the brain and the body don't know the difference between real or imagined fear it puts us into the same psychophysiological state that's an important piece of information especially for business people to know is i could be doing this to myself so is there something really life threatening or am I just manufacturing it? That's an interesting one. Manufacturing. You go to I the embracing. It. Well, okay, if it was real, great. Thank you. You're my buddy. You save my butt every time. I wouldn't want to go anywhere without you. If it's manufactured, then I can look at the fear and go, "What are you trying to tell me?" And it always comes down to a lack of preparation either in terms of the mindset or the skill set. I don't know enough about this thing that I'm trying to set into motion or I don't have the wherewithal to actually make good on it. Wow, okay, now I know where to start. I need to get a little bit more education and information and I need to develop some better quality skills. Oh, I can do that. So again, thank you, Fear, for, for helping me. Then we can get to the befriending of using that energy, that force, to help drive us in the right direction. If it's to stay away, hey, thank you. If it's to go get better educated and better skilled, hey, thank you. Let's do this. But it doesn't have to be this hairy, scary thing.
0: So, Barry, let me ask you a question. You you talk about fear versus, and, and I'll use your Valentine's Day example, fear versus love and 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 if we step out of the business world into the 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 world of life i guess if we think about parenting as an example we can either parent our kids to be fearful and do everything that they do out of fear driven oh. by fear fear of retribution fear of of punishment or out of love yes and how do, we, how do we bring that into the business world? I mean, after all, this is the Business Excellence Podcast. So, how do we take those, those two motivators, fear and love, and, and, and they'll create the same action from our team? How do we yes. bring those into the business environment?
2: Well, part of it, Raelle, is is introducing the idea, the concept. The bigger part of it, and this is where the fearless leadership comes in, is creating uh, an environment, a culture where people can start to work with things like fear differently. If, If everybody in the environment is doing it a certain way and I have this harebrained idea, I'm going to do it different, that's going to be a tough road to hoe because there's no reinforcement for what I'm doing. But if everybody agrees, hey, what if we were to look at this differently? Oh, okay. Then if it produces a positive result, watch everybody's head start nodding like, "Hey, this is good stuff. Let's let's do more of this."
1: Larry, how did you how did you get into the to become a fear expert. I mean, um, it's it's really, <laughs> to me, it's kind of a, a rather unique concept. I mean, what you talked about so far is very real for so many people, and yet I've never um, met anyone who talks about fear in leadership. It's always about motivation, um, you know, communication, vision, all of that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. This is a really unique uh, position. I'm wondering how how did this start?
2: Well, it started 70 some years ago when I came into this world highly empathic and nobody bothered to tell me what that was. And, and there's a difference between having empathy where I can feel something for other people, happiness, sadness, and being uh, empathic where you literally take on energy. So other people's thoughts and feelings and, and physical desires and fears. And so I grew up thinking I was a walking Looney Tune when I would see TV shows and, and, and movies where, you know, they were in a psych ward and they were talking about, well, what makes a crazy person crazy? And I'm going, well, well that's me. I have those kinds of thoughts and those experiences. So I guess I'm a crazy period person. So now I've got a, another question. Do crazy people know that they're crazy? And how do you fix this? I mean, I don't want to be crazy and nobody could talk to me intelligently. It wasn't until I think somewhere around mid late teens that I was having a conversation with someone, an older person. And they said, well, Barry, when you're having one of these episodes, have you ever turned the camera lens around to see who you're around? I'm like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I'm not looking to blame this on anybody. I just want to figure out why it's doing what it's doing. And he goes, Hey, it was just an idea. Well, the idea stuck and I'm around someone, I'm having this thing and I'm like, oh, come on. How could I be picking up on what you're thinking or feeling? This is ridiculous. Went to the library, went to the bookstore. There was no books on it, but I started my little personal path of of trying to understand. And then I met a few people here or there and it's like, oh, there are people who are just born more empathic and they pick up on things. But when you go into that overload, it's like where Rael was talking about being frozen on the mountain, too much information, mental, emotional, physical information. It puts us in overwhelm. And it's like, okay, this is going to take me a minute to figure this out. It, that's how I grew up, just in, in overload. Now I understand what it is. Now I can talk to other people about it to help them identify how it's affecting them. That's what, you know, this thing, a fear expert. No, I'm I'm just more willing to talk about it, I think, than most people. So maybe that's what makes me an expert.
0: And so you've spent 24 years as a as a ski instructor. Um, obviously, where you are in Utah, but in other places, how how has that that empathic approach helped you? You know, when when when. When people are standing on the mountain frozen, and I'm not talking about in the in the cold in the sense, cold, but in the no. fear sense.
2: Yeah, psychoemotionally, physiologically. Um, most ski instructors, even though they're excellent, extraordinary skiers, they may not be the best instructors because their ideas, here, let me show you how to do it. Now you just do what I did. Well, if people could do that that easily, they wouldn't need the instructor. And that that plays out into so many types of training, even into business. Oh, just talk to people this way and just do this this way. If people could get there that easily, they wouldn't need trainers. My empathic nature goes in to go, what's going on inside of you? What is causing you to, to seize up? And let's have a conversation about that so that you feel more comfortable, more willing to face, embrace, and befriend this fear. And if I can get them to have a little success, oh, how does that feel? A little more control? Yeah, okay. Well, now let's try something else. Well, once I get a few of those, it's like, okay, now can we go for a bigger one? Do you trust me enough to try this? Well, boy, if they try it and it works, now, now we can go flying.
1: So you talk about using fear as a motivational force. So for those of our listeners who are, you know, a manager within an organization, how do I actually use
2: fear to motivate their people? Okay. What is it that we are most afraid of in a leadership or management type scenario? Okay. Well, I, Getting the job done, making stuff happen, hitting the numbers, right? Right. But what does it take to make any or all of those things happen? Other people. If, if it was just me and a bunch of computers, there's nothing to be afraid of, except maybe the power might go out. But the computers aren't going to put me in a fearful state. But people, I got to talk to them. I got to set a precedent. I got to get them to do things that maybe they don't want to do, don't need to do. Oh, that's where the fear creeps in. So if we can identify that, well, if you want to be in leadership and management, those are people positions. And what you're telling me is you don't like people. You wish they would go away. So can we at least face the reality? If you want to be a leader, you're going to need to take a look at these people. How many business leaders even know their own people? How many managers know how the people they manage are wired? What makes them tick? What lights them up? What scares them? How many salespeople know their customer well enough to go, hey, I've got something that could help you, or you know what? I really need to make this sale, but it's not for you. So if we would get to know people a little bit more, it wouldn't be so scary.
0: So Barry, let me ask you a question. And, and, and the, we're sitting here a year and a, a bit into a, a pandemic, and so somebody listening to this episode, hopefully in a few years, will go, "What's a pandemic?" But I think pretty much everyone will know the answer. <laughs> but but you talk about sales and and getting to know people. So that a lot of that is around face to face interaction with people. You know, seeing their body language, being in a you know warm body environment. How how has that changed for for managers having to manage people, for salespeople having to sell across a computer screen, you know, pretty much for the whole of 2020 and foreseeably 2021?
2: Well, it's it's an interesting dynamic. Uh, I liken it to if you've ever known someone who's blind. Okay, whether they were able to see and then they went blind or they were born blind, how they compensated for that. They have a keener sense of hearing, of sensing. And and after you get to know them for a while, it's like, are you like BSing me? Are you really blind? Because you would have to have eyes to to be able to pick up on what you're talking about. How did you know that? How did you get there? Okay, we know people who uh, were born without limbs. And yet they're able to do more things than some people who were born with healthy limbs. So what I've seen happen with this, once the initial shock of like, how bad is it? And are we really all going off the cliff together? Is when I did my uh, martial arts training, my ski instructor training, my advisory consulting, sales training, All of these in person, in person, in person, in person. If I can't be in person, I can't do anything for you. And then here comes COVID. And I'm going, okay, now I've got a computer with with a webcam and I've got a telephone. And if I want to keep going, I'm going to have to figure out how to make those work. And guess what? As soon as you start focusing on the tools that are available, wow, I can pick up more With a person over the phone than I ever thought possible, I just had to redirect my focus to hear more instead of relying on the scene. Would I prefer in person? Absolutely. All day long, every time. But if that's all we can do is get on a a webcam, well, then I started seeing this is much better for me. I haven't had to get on an airplane for a year (laughs) and I can still talk to clients all over the world. And they don't have to pay these high fees to fly me and house me and and, and book a room and, hey, get everybody a webcam for their computer and, and we can jump in and get some work done. Oh, so now the question is, how much can we get done virtually so by the time you do bring me in, oh, we're, we're going to make magic happen if I've got some hours or days to work with your people. Oh, this is going to be more effective, more cost effective. I'm liking this. So it sucks that we had to, you know, endure COVID, but it's really opened our eyes to what's possible. So I guess what you're talking about is harnessing,
1: harnessing energy to, uh, to take advantage of it in a different format, really, aren't we? You know, it's, exactly, um,
2: yeah. exactly.
1: And, um, and I guess it's the same with the fear thing, really fear. Would you say,
2: you know, maybe fear is an energy and we just need to harness that energy? In a way, it's harnessing it. Like I said, is it is it a, a cautionary tale? Like, you really shouldn't be doing this, right? Or is it saying, Lindsay, you're not quite ready for this. So the fear is well-founded that you could fail. This could cause a problem because you're not quite ready, but don't freak out over the I'm not ready and pay attention to, well, what would make me ready? So, Barry, so, so should we fear failure? <laughs> that, that's a huge one. And yet every really successful person will tell you that their failures is where they learned the most, where it defined them the most, where it, it let them know, again, what else they needed. I mean, driven people, we think a lot of ourselves. I can do it. I can do it. I got this. You know, Henry Ford, whether you think you can or you can't, you're Right oh yeah, (laughs) I'm invincible. But the fear shows me, yeah, you need a little bit more over here and a little bit more over here. Well, then when you turn around, it's like, if it wasn't for fear, I would never have developed those other skills. I wouldn't have refined them or honed them the way I did.
0: I mean, so fear is, is a little bit like, you mentioned right at the beginning, fear is like gravity. You know, fear... And, and I made a note here about that your, your comment about fear being to the person like gravity is to the earth. Well, in my understanding before I met you, you know in, uh, two years ago, my understanding of fear was like an inertia and very much the gravity analogy. Yeah. and that fear was the inertia, the force we needed to get past the inertia to to get something done. And in my book, I talk about, that we have to dive in and adjust our course while we're moving because sometimes yes. you have to get over it and then, and then go, it's okay. Yes. You know, you're standing on top of the mountain. Sometimes you can't see the bottom and that's actually the more fun mountains because you do, you get a bit of turning, but you just go, well, we'll adjust the course as we're on the way down the mountain. Mm-hmm.
2: You know? Yeah. People have this, this, I, I guess it's part of our modern culture. We're into this immediate gratification I need to know everything before I start. I need to know that it's a guarantee before I set it into motion. You know, I need to know that we're going to live happily ever after before I marry you. It's like, how is it possible to know any of these things? Okay. And so in my martial art training, I I went in as a novice thinking mastery was a color of belt, or it was a certain level of achievement that, okay, now that I've mastered this, I'm done. And what the masters showed me is it's a state of mind. It's it's a place that they put themselves to go, yes, I've learned enough to realize I will continue learning for the rest of my life. So now their assessment, am I still doing that? Am I still learning anything new? It's why those of us who teach love to teach because it keeps us in the game. The more I teach, the more I keep learning little somethings. Cool. So you're absolutely spot on rail. If if we would get over this enormous resistance to fear and just take it a step at a time, what's it telling me? What's it, what's it helping me to, to accomplish better? Oh, Oh, this fear thing. Isn't so bad after all. Larry, well, I fear
1: that we're out of time, my friend. Um,
2: but so, is that real or imagined, Lindsay? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Poor choice of words, mate. We're, we're done. We, uh, if our listeners want to get in touch with you and uh, explore uh, overcoming their fear more, what's the best way for them to do that?
2: Uh, the website has all of my information, barrymoniac.com. Uh They can also you know, reach out to me. I love the telephone still. 801 474 3500 and email is Barry at Barrymoniac.com. Excellent. So easy to find.
0: Thank you, Barry, and thank you to my co-host Lindsay Adams. This is Rail Bricker, signing off for another edition of the Business Excellence Podcast. And a reminder to our listeners that if you pop along to excellencepodcast.com, there are Hundreds of free resources for you, including the 48-page ebook called "Building Excellence." www.excellencepodcast.com